1: Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. And so here is the song um, for the cause of Christ.
0: The Only thing I want in life is to be known for loving Christ, to build His church, to love His bride, and make His name known far and wide. For this cause I live, For this cause I die, I surrender all, for the cause of Christ, all I once held dear.
1: sing that chorus one more time as, so you can remember it and learn it over the next few weeks <clears throat> and i'm recovering from a cold so please forgive me
0: for this cause i live for this cause i die i surrender all for the cause of christ all i want's held dear
1: Give justice to your people, God, and set the captives free. We're reading from Psalm 119 today. I am filled with a burning rage because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been like songs to me wherever I have lived as a stranger. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and dwell upon your law. This is how it has been with me because I have kept your commandments. And give justice to your people, God, and set the captives free. We're reading from Acts 2 first this morning. And so, hear now the word of God. So, if you remember, um, Acts 1 is uh, Jesus ascends into heaven in Acts 1. And the people are left wondering what's going to happen next. And then at the beginning of Acts 2... Um, the Holy Spirit descends and people are speaking in all kinds of tongues and it's falling on all people, all people, all ages, <coughs> all nations, all tongues, and people can speak in languages that are not their own language. And so the question is, what will the people of God do at this point? Uh, this is in the early, early, early moments, right after Christ comes on the heel of heels of Christ comes the Christians, right? And so what will the Christians do? What will these people on whom the Spirit of God has fallen? What will they do next? Will they storm the temple? will they will they run for their lives um, as as the empire is raging around them and they choose to go home? That's what they do. And so Peter um, preaches this massive beautiful sermon in Acts two. And then it says, starting with verse thirty seven, Now, when they heard all of this, all that Peter had said, they they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you, for your children and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and extorted them, saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day they grew by 3,000 persons. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And you notice those? They d- devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. Into prayers awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the Apostles in their midst all who believed were together and had all things in common they would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need day after day as they spent much time together in the temple and they broke bread in their homes together and ate their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having goodwill of all the people. And day by day by day, the Lord added to their number, those who were being saved. Um, in Acts three, so it tells you the story. So Acts two kind of tells you the story of how they're, how they're digging into homes, how they're, how they're breaking bread together, how they're, that's how, what they choose to do next is get around the table together and begin sharing this life of faith. In Acts three, Peter comes across a beggar, a crippled beggar on the way to Jerusalem and he heals, um, he heals this beggar. So we talked about that a little bit, a man This says a man who's been lame since birth. That's what, what they say. We talked about that a little bit on Sunday. And then we started with, with acts four um, because this man has healed this beggar at the, um, <clears throat> at the gates of Jerusalem on his way to temple to pray and notice that 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 in the early churches, people are digging into to community together in their homes and breaking bread together and sharing, um, sharing prayers together that they're not forsaking going to the temple. It, this doesn't replace going to the temple. This is an added discipline in their lives. And so while Peter and John are on their way to the temple, they come across this beggar and, um, and they, they command the beggar to walk that, that, Jesus says, "You all will do greater things than I did." Right, and so they are taking part in this healing action of Jesus Christ in their midst. And then Peter finds this a a apt opportunity to um, to preach the gospel um, in Jerusalem. And so he gets—you can imagine—he gets up on tables and um, and begins preaching the gospel and 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 saying, "I didn't do this. I didn't do this healing act that you just saw here. No, this was God." This was God's work. This wasn't my work. And they're asking him by what in the world, what power do you have to do this stuff you're doing? And so in Acts four, we begin where Peter and John have been arrested in the city of Jerusalem for causing too much trouble for causing too many eyes on them for, um, for healing a beggar and then preaching about how beautiful the work of God is when God heals God's people And so it says while Peter and John were speaking to the people and the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came to them, much annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming that in Jesus there is the resurrection of the dead. So they arrested them and they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed and they numbered now about 5,000. No, over two two chapters, we've moved from 3,000 to 5,000. You're going to keep hearing these numbers go up through the book of Acts. The next day, the rulers and elders and scribes assembled in Jerusalem um, with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family, when they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they, re- they inquired, by what power do you have to do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if you were questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health." <laughs> Um, By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, it has become the cornerstone. First of all, this is very risky business, proclaiming the resurrection of the dead. Um, This is early days where we're saying that they're, they're preaching this gospel that this person we believe in, this person in whose name we are doing all these things was resurrected from the dead. Um, by what power do you have to resurrect people by, from the dead? They they're they're not they're not understanding this. They're not understanding this. And then second, um, notice how they were rejected. They were rejected. This is not. Um, and this I think this is the thing to learn about about this movement of the early church. Here is that we will be rejected, right? When we not not just when we preach on tables about. Uh, about the power of christ obviously some people aren't going to like that when you do that right like get up on a table anywhere and start preaching about jesus and somebody's going to try to pull you down off that table not just that though right it's when we choose to dig in and create create these kind of relationships and choose to be in community with one another around tables where we break bread and we share prayers um, when we choose not to be consumed by the empire of this world but we dig in together as Christians, uh, people will reject that. And that, that's the truth. And so this is some of, some of the first sign of that, right? Some of the first sign of people being rejected. But it says, but the scripture reads, the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, it became the cornerstone of the church, of God's work in the world. So Jesus exists as that sign for us of rejection of, Rejection that is worth the cost, right? That Jesus, who was the stone that we rejected, we the builders (laughs) have rejected, it has also, Jesus has become the cornerstone of our lives, of the church, of God's mission in the world. And so rejection should not be a reason to shy away from the work of the gospel, right? Would you pray with me? Give justice to your people, God, and set the captives free. God, we um, come to you as people who are a part of your church, um, a church that has sadly been declining for decade after decade. While many were being added in number to your church in the early days, um, we notice less and less people going to church, more and more buildings closing, um and we wonder why <laughs> we wonder what what is next for the church why why are we here um how does this come to be and uh and you say don't don't worry <laughs> don't worry and the church is has always proven itself to do God's work in the world to thrive to move to to engage to dig deep when, when we choose to, to be in deep community with one another, when we turn back to the way of the early church, when we know by what power we do these things, when we remember the cornerstone on which all of this is built. Those reminders for the church are also reminders for our lives. Every time we seize power over our own lives, try to take control, try to write our own agenda and schedule and and try to write our own ticket to success, ticket to happiness. Every time we try to gain power over our own lives, we are cut to the quick and we realize God that it is to your glory and in your power that we do these things. And so God, reorient our lives today so that we recognize your hand in our lives, that we submit to your ultimate authority and power in our lives. By what power do we do these things? But by the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we claim you as our king, king over our lives, king over the church, king over this world. And we join together in that prayer that our king taught us to pray. the prisoners free. So here's our benediction today. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you today. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing to the wonders he has shown you. May He bring you home, rejoicing once again into our doors, into our virtual doors here on Wednesday morning, but also um, to the doors of our church. I hope you will choose to join us this Sunday as we move on into Acts um, five and six and seven this week, as we begin learning the story of Stephen, and we move from that into the story of of. Of Philip, all these wonderful characters within the life of the early church um, in the beginning, all these, these wonderful apostle stories. Come join us this Sunday for that.
0: There is peace at the table of the Lord. There is peace at the table of the Lord.